Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. You know, folks, I, it's amazing. It's not in ways, but it's, in, in some ways, it's totally predictable. But in other ways, it is absolutely amazing. We are seven weeks in. Seven weeks in. And half of Americans are now saying that Biden is not physically or mentally fit for the presidency. We're seven weeks in, and there is a border crisis. We are seven weeks in, and the left is has passed in the House H.R. 1, which is an unmitigated disaster. We're seven weeks in, and the Biden administration is putting kids in cages in the along the southern border. We are seven weeks in. And Kamala Harris is taking calls with leaders, a job that's normally reserved for the president of the United States. We're seven weeks in, and we're talking about universal basic income. We're seven weeks in, spending $1.9 trillion with a T. I don't think the average person grasps just how large of a number that is. trillion. Anyway, we'll go through these things and more today on the program. Welcome. I am your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts, opinions, questions. I'll even accept that adoration and praise. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You know, there's so many things to start with. I don't even know where where to begin. I guess I'll begin by talking about the, the crisis here on... Uh, the southern border. So Biden, again, has been – I want to I reiterate. I want to hammer this point home this morning. Seven weeks. Folks, this is day – I guess this would be day 50 if we count January 20th as a full uh, full day. So seven weeks, seven days a week is 49 days. We are beginning his 50th day in the Oval Office. And – the southern border is an absolute disaster, an absolute disaster. In fact, did you know that the Department of Homeland Security is seeking volunteers from among its agencies to assist in dealing with an overwhelming, by their own words, overwhelming migrant surge at the U.S.-Mexico border as the Biden administration continues to deny that there's a crisis, which they're doing that as well. I'm reading from an article here in the Epic uh, Epic Times um, that was uh, written and posted yesterday on the Epic Times website. DHS seeks volunteers to assist with, quote, overwhelming surge at the southern border. So at the same time that the left wants to defund the police, eliminate ICE, they're now searching for volunteers. Just think about this, folks, 50 days, seven weeks into this. And here we stand, looking for volunteers to help along the southern border. This is what 
DHS Secretary Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said in an email just a couple of days ago to two employees. Today, I activated the volunteer force to support Customs and Border Protection as they face a surge in migration along, along the southwest border. I wonder why. I wonder why there's a surge along the southwest border. Anybody have any guesses as to why that is the case? There's a surge because the message is out. The message is clearly understood. The message has been clearly communicated that the United States which under Trump had a secure border or was more secure and was moving towards becoming a a more difficult border to cross is now open for business. It's now open for business. Jin Psaki, I got to tell you, Jin Psaki is, is an embarrassment. It is truly an embarrassment. Even, I think even for the left standards, Right, she is a spokesperson here at the White House press secretary for Biden. Um, it is truly a remarkable thing to watch and listen to some of the things that she says, the way that she tries to defend these things. Um, and it's it's just a mess. The it, it turns out, surprisingly, shockingly, that policies matter. It turns out shockingly when and, and folks, I, I think that sometimes in the midst of these discussions that you can lose the humanity of, of what's going on. I understand, and I've said this before when we talk about when we talk about illegal immigration, I understand why people want to come to this nation. You understand why people want to come to this nation. You understand that this nation is a blessing and a gift to planet Earth. You understand that. The left, on the other hand, if you listen to the left describe the United States of America, you would think there is no reason in the world that anyone would want to willingly come here. This place is full, if you listen to the left, of white supremacists, racists, folks who have no regard for the life or the liberty or any aspect of someone's life if they're not an American, right? Red-blooded American. If you don't fit the superficial bill of what the left wants you to believe that conservatives think about about being American, which, of course, involves being white and uh, white supremacists and all these stupid sorts of things, then you are, of course, um, just, just nothing but a hayseed hick. You are... Someone who doesn't like someone who looks different from you. You know the you know the the story, the narrative. But I understand, I understand why people want to to come here. I understand the humanity of the situation. I understand, I understand just how hopeless and challenging uh, it it is in many places around the world because of because of real corruption and unbelievable violence and. Unbelievable things from, I mean, sex trafficking to, you know, drug problems to to cartels to just an unmitigated disaster in many of these of these nations. And the problem is not not everyone can 
Um, not everyone can be taken in by the United States of America. It is simply mathematically impossible to do this. Instead, what we should be focusing on is exporting the ideas, if you will, exporting the ideas that make this nation great. Having people who speak and communicate with foreign countries, countries that we almost always are giving aid to in some shape, manner, or form, holding these folks accountable to embracing principles and ideas upon which American prosperity and American liberty has been built upon. We should be focused on doing those things. We're not. We're not focused on that. In fact, the the party that's ruling this country today, the Democrats in the House, Senate, and White House, they ideologically are more aligned with the Soviet communists of the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s during the Cold War. They are more politically aligned with the Chicoms. They are more politically aligned, ideologically aligned with the uh, the Cuban revolutionaries under Fidel Castro, all these folks killing, destroying the lives of untold millions of people in their countries, their own citizens. It's remarkable. Venezuela, ideologically aligned with today's Democrat Party. The radical left has taken over and hijacked this party. It's not the party of simply the the blue-collar worker anymore. That, that ship has long since sailed. This is the party of radicals. This is the party of policies that cause nothing but more problems. And their policies, make no mistake about this, are directly leading to the circumstances and situation we see along the southern border today, which is an unmitigated disaster. An unmitigated disaster. It is a truly reprehensible, reprehensible situation. And I mentioned earlier that the Obama, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, the, that's the O'Biden-Bama administration. It's the third term. And here the Biden administration is the third term of the O'Biden-Bama administration. But this Biden administration's policies, the way they talk about the issue of immigration in this country has done nothing but to encourage folks to to make the journey. And it is a remarkable I mean the I was talking with my wife about this the other day. It's it's you think about you think about what uh decisions and the dangers, the dangers of that journey, folks. The dangers of, of being captured, the dangers of being raped, young person, children Minors being raped along that journey or uh, taken into child trafficking or drugs or just the, the, the distance, the great distance that they're traveling and just the dangers that come from that. So I understand that some people really, um, it's bad in places. But it's bad in places because like what you see in today's Democrat Party, there's terrible leadership there are terrible ideas, and there is untold corruption in these governments, and they need to clean it up. We need to be promoting and encouraging the principles upon which this nation was founded, which is hard for the Democrats because they're constantly out there telling you how bad this nation is. It's a tough message to sell when you're constantly berating this great nation 
it's hard to sell it to another country when they would say, hey, didn't I just see you last night on CNN with Don Lemon talking about how terrible this nation was? Didn't I see that? Well, yeah. That's for domestic political consumption, though, or whatever nonsense they would say. Point is, is that unmitigated disasters are the direct response, the direct consequence of, of what we've got. And we're seven weeks in. And yes, the Biden administration is now putting children in cages, something that the left and the media dis- destroyed Trump over, uh, what, a couple of years ago. This is when AOC took you know pictures, fake pictures, staged pictures of her fake crying. Right? Remember this? AOC, who was recruited to be a congressional candidate because she fit the uh, the casting call the casting call um for a group of of democrats a group of leftists actually radical leftists justice democrats as they call <laughs> as they call themselves justice anyway 7 weeks i've got some sound bites today i've got a lot to share with you but this is remember 7 weeks in 7 reminds me of seinfeld Seven, George Costanza wanted his name's name is Child Seven. <laughs> Had a friend that stole the name, all that Seinfeld stuff. But seven weeks, seven weeks in. So quick timeout is in order. We'll come back and go through some of the, I mean, some of this mess again that's brought upon us by our current president and by the current party in power. And they are just getting warmed up, folks. So timeout is in order. We'll come back and continue to go through some of these things. But it is an unmitigated disaster in simply seven weeks. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. back blaze media here by the way well let's do this first blaze media is has a piece out here biden white house putting kids in cages is now the humane and moral thing to do that's right the democrats are in charge so now whatever needs to be done none of these narratives and storylines apply because they are super caring they are compassionate full of love and so forth and so the narrative changes they don't want to stop this guy or the party in power from getting done the things that they want to get done so the narrative changes it's it's as simple as that this is paul uh, phil shiver blaze media this is what he writes. With the full-blown illegal immigration crisis worsening each day at the country's southern border, the Biden administration has elected to adopt the very same measures Democrats once condemned under the Trump administration, only this time with a major rebranding. Again, Democrats – you can think of the Democrats. I call, I call them sometimes dramacrats, and it's because they know how to – it's not done well, but they are I'm, – I'm not against a little political theater every now and then. I think you have to be sometimes dramatic and sort of – to communicate your message and get your ideas across. But this is all that they do. There is no there there. There is no substance. There is no 
there is no content to what they're telling us that is truly based upon foundations of truth and reality. It's based upon nonsense, gibberish, radical ideas, the idea that government can solve your problems, the idea that really the Constitution is antiquated and outdated and it needs these jokers to fix it and update it. So he continues here, we're considering uh, what was considered the tragic and uh, deplorable locking of kids in cages under former President Trump is now considered the only humane and moral thing to do, according to the new administration. During uh, Monday's White House press briefing, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who probably circled back several times on multiple things, admitted the administration is handling the rapid influx of unaccompanied children crossing the U.S.-Mexico border by reopening surge facilities, this is it, dedicated to temporarily housing migrant children until they can be transferred to long-term facilities. But this, she said, that's Jen Psaki, is safe and humane. Of course it is. Democrats are in power. So she was asked... She was at – well, actually, we'll just play. I'll play the the question and the answer here. This is one of the questions she received yesterday at this this press conference that candidly was a mess. Capacity needs for unaccompanied children. Will they be making recommendations of the president? Is there a a need for more capacity? Well, Well, we know just purely by the numbers, Steve, that there is going to be a need, right, because we have um, a large number of kids, uh, unaccompanied children who are coming across the border. We've made a policy decision as an administration that uh, the humane and moral approach is to keep these kids safe and get them into facilities that are safe. There are some limitations, uh, which I know many of you are familiar with because of COVID restrictions and protocols uh, that reduce the capacity at a number of these sites. CDC also put out some guidelines. Many of you may have seen, I believe it was on Thursday or Friday, that will allow for increased capacity at some of these sites. But it is an area, it is an area of policy discussion. How will we continue to accommodate in a safe and humane way these kids? And our objective remains moving them as quickly as possible out of the border patrol facilities in order to do that we need to have shelter facilities With that cages. are safe that have access to educational resources legal resources and health and medical resources and we and need to ensure we have cages. capacity to do that i mean that's that's the answer that's her answer right but they're using cages again that's the point not only that not only are they using cages they are Not allowing – folks, I I think one of the things that I guess uh, bothers me or I guess uh, I just – I find myself thinking about and and scratching my head. You have – oftentimes you have otherwise intelligent people, you know, educated, intelligent people who – you know, are do make good decisions, I guess, in their personal lives sometimes, and and but they they don't take the time to be critical and look at what's happening right in front of them. And so, I'm amazed sometimes. I'm amazed at how much the average voter, the average Democrat voter, is so persuaded by the words of a candidate, and they don't see the effects of their policies they don't see uh just 
the the stupidity or they don't they don't see the double standard they don't see the hypocrisy you hear democrats talking about these things and it's enough for people i think it's one of the reasons why people didn't like like trump trump came in and he didn't follow you know the prim and proper etiquette of being president of the united states he came in and and he didn't just sit there and smile and shake hands with people like Angela Merkel. He said, look, we've been carrying the financial burden for you and half of Europe, and we're not doing it anymore. You guys are going to put up the money that you told us, and you're going to start carrying your own weight. Oh, my goodness. The, the media, the left, they can't have that. Oh, it's just so unpresidential and so just beneath the dignity of the president of the United States. Right? That's the way that this is presented. That's the way it, it's presented as something that's never been done. This is so unprecedented, all this sort of thing. But the truth is, shouldn't that have been what we told them all along? Shouldn't that have been the response when they didn't meet their obligations, what they promised us that they would do in funding NATO or whatever, right? Funding their own defense instead of. Well, it's one of the reasons why some of these utopian countries in Europe have extra funds is because the United States of America has carried the burden of militarily protecting their rear ends for all these years. And Trump says, we're not going to do it. You can put your big boy and big girl pants on and fulfill your obligations and do it yourself. But this is this is shocking and this is offensive and this is terrifying to the left it's it's the rhetoric is more important than the actions that's why when trump was reopened facilities that had cages that was that were made by the biden administration excuse me the obama administration that's why it was such a um, people glommed onto this idea of kids in cages and oh my goodness this is inhumane and they're being called concentration camps that's right remember that there were concentration camps I guess we could say the Biden administration has opened concentration camps, reopened concentration camps along the southern border. But you heard how Jen Psaki said it, nice, calm voice. We have to be responsible. We have to have the facilities. We have to do so in, in a humane way. Okay, well, you're putting kids in cages in concentration camps. At least that was the verbiage when Trump was president of the United States. And now suddenly that's not it. Seven weeks, folks. Seven weeks and the the Biden bomb administration is reopening the concentration camps <laughs> along the southern border. I'm just telling you what they've called him before. Seven weeks, he's already putting children in cages in concentration camps. And that's what they told us before. Why can't we be consistent and continue that messaging? Um, the way that it was done prior to this administration taking office. So lots more things in an utter chaotic mess. Thanks to the policies and ideas of the radical left. We'll get into those on the other side of the break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. It's 
program is brought to you in part by our friends at Coron Homes. Coron Homes is a, well, they are a community 55 plus. There's six manufactured home parts in the Lawrence area, and they have a lot of amenities and benefits. You should check them out. Coron Homes, C-O-H-R-O-N, homes.com. They've been around since 1955. A friend of this program. Check them out. Coronhomes.com. C-O-H-R-O-N, homes.com. So I wanted to play this soundbite, too, from Jen Saki. She was asked, is, the, is what's happening along the southern border a crisis? Is it actually a crisis? And this is her very well thought out response. Here you go. Look, I don't think we need to sit here and put new labels on what we have already conveyed is challenging. <laughs> what we have conveyed is a top priority for mm-hmm. the president. What our policy teams are working on every single day. They, obviously, there was a trip to the border uh, this weekend. They are working uh, over the course of every day uh, since then on putting in place policies that can help address what we're seeing and, and help ensure that we are uh, keeping these kids safe and moving them as quickly as possible from uh, border patrol facilities to uh, to shelters where they can have access to educational resources, health resources, mental health resources, legal aid, etc. Yeah, and cages and concentration camps. The party that exists purely for the reason of Promoting labels, viewing everybody as part of a label, viewing everything on this side of heaven through the the the, uh, the viewpoint, through the lens that a label must be applied. The party who applauded the use, who used the phrase such as concentration camps, such as um, you know, putting children in cages, talking about the inhumanity of the Trump administration, the Obi—the uh, Biden Obama administration does it yet again, putting children in cages in concentration camps, and suddenly she's not interested in labels. It's not a crisis. Well, they can't have that. They can't have crisis in the White House. They can't, they can't have crises while they're in the White House. In fact, those are reserved only for Republican presidents. Every five seconds, there's a crisis when Trump's in office because that's what they do. They want you to be worked up and afraid for reasons you don't even know. But but the terms and the definitions and the narrative must change when they're, when they're in power. So it's not just immigration, though. It's not just what's happened here. With all of these ridiculous things with the border, we have other things that are happening before our very eyes as well. In fact, we talked a little bit about this H.R. 1, the For the People Act. This is for you and for me, this act that was passed. The Federalist has an article that summarizes and headline here says 15 insane things in Democrats H.R. 1 bill. To corrupt elections forever. Absolutely and unequivocally correct here. Joy Pullman writes this for the Federalist. I'm just going to hit the high points. Some of this we've already talked about. She says, number one, it openly breaks the Constitution. 
first and foremost, because the federal government will be taking over elections when the Constitution, uh, the Constitution explicitly says that it's up to the states uh, to, to do such things. Number two, it'll set up star chambers to intimidate judges. We did not talk about this, but basically on page 389 of this fantastic bill that has passed the House and is now sitting before the Senate – which, if Republicans hold firm, should not should not make its way into the law of the land. But they're going to crank up the pressure here and see what they can what they can get accomplished. But she says here this bill would establish a commission to protect democratic institutions. Yes, that is exactly what our government should be doing. Again, the left remember is fans of commissions. They're fans of blue ribbon panels. They're fans of presidential decrees, anything that's just for the public record that doesn't do a diddly darn thing, they're for that because it sounds good, it feels good, and it makes them feel all nice and warm and cozy on the inside. But this commission to protect democratic institutions isn't as uh, benevolent as it may sound here. She says that the commission would have the power to force judges to testify before a panel of unelected federal bureaucrats, which that's exactly what we need, right? More unelected federal bureaucrats running the show here in this great nation, people that cannot be held accountable, people that you can't even identify you know, who they are, what, what they're contributing to the problem. They can hide in the masses of federal bureaucrats and employees in Washington, D.C., basically nameless, faceless, unaccountable individuals. She says, according to the bill on uh, page 389, the commission or any member of a subcommittee of the commission may, quote, hold hearings and sit and act at such times and places, take such testimony, receive such evidence, and administer such oaths as the commission considers advisable. She says the Heritage Foundation said that this would give the authority Right, This commission would be given the authority to compel judges to testify and justify their legal decisions. There you go. Right To justify. Now, on, some, on one hand, you would think, man, it would be nice to have some accountability on some of these ridiculous judicial decisions. But there are already mechanisms in place for this. There are already mechanisms to deal with judges. I mean, judges can be impeached. Um, you can have... Uh, you, you can have Congress write a law to remedy a decision that a judge made or a court itself, multiple justices. Anyway, of course, we talked about the manda- mandate that mail-in ballots um, be used and that there's a 10-day window which those ballots can be received. That's also in this stupid legislation. Again, all this, folks, in in seven weeks. Eliminate voter ID election security. Don't want to have voter ID laws, obviously. I mean, why would you? Because it's really not about protecting the integrity of the election. It's about it's about opening up as many vulnerabilities as possible. And, I mean, look, say what you will. Say what you will, but that's what this does, and you have to ask yourself why. We're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to talk about election integrity. We're not allowed to talk about things that will make elections less secure there's states around this country that are now georgia for example uh, who is doing away with uh, you you have to give a reason that you need an absentee ballot that's at least what the they're looking at doing there meanwhile the federal government is looking at 
basically mass mailing ballots all over the place, dropping them pretty much from the belly of a of a cargo plane flying over major cities. Just drop them out the back of the C-130 or something as you fly over. Let anybody and everybody vote as frequently as they want. We're not far from that. The bill, she also says, registers millions of criminally present foreign citizens to vote. There's other other things as well. But again, that's in this H.R. 1. That's something disastrous that's, I don't want to say percolating behind the scenes, but it's not front and center with COVID relief and with um, some of the other things happening today. But it's out there, and it's way closer to being the law of the land than it ever should be. So, again, seven weeks. These folks have had the reins for seven weeks, and this is what we get. Quick timeout. We'll continue to go through some of the other messes that they've created for us here. On the other side of the break, sit tight back here in just a minute. I had mentioned earlier in the program that 50% of Americans now, 50%, folks, we had an election less, what is it, about four months ago, just a little over 100 days ago, and now half of Americans are saying Biden is not physically or mentally fit for the, the presidency. This is at the nationalpulse.com. A new study shows that 50% of Americans are not confident that Joe Biden is physically and mentally up to being, excuse me, the, to the job of being president of the United States. Results came from a 2021 Rasmussen report dated yesterday, which links the astoundingly low confidence in President Biden to his lack of transparency with the media. I did see, buckle up for this, I'm going to be ready for this, but Biden is having his first, it's not a press conference, his first primetime address. Biden to deliver first primetime address as president. Hold, oh wait, it is, hold formal press conference. This makes headlines. Address will commemorate one year anniversary of the COVID-19 shutdown. He wants to commemorate the shutdown? Of course he does. Anyway, that's Thursday. President Biden will, on Thursday, deliver his first primetime address since taking office, a speech intended to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the COVID-19 shutdowns. Why would we want to commemorate that? Don't we want to move past that and, and get back to normal? Shouldn't that be what the pro- – commemorate it? I guess you can rem- – I don't know. But anyway, that's what he's going to do. Um you can you can rest assured we, we won't know from his schedule, but you can rest assured that this is all he's doing the four hours a day that he's working. This is all he's doing. They are prepping him, President President Biden. Let's read that line again. Let's make sure we practice that. Let's make sure we don't we don't say anything that's not written on the screen. And then and then the, reading the teleprompter is one thing. That is nerve wracking enough. When Joe Biden is your president. But worse than that is this idea of having a press conference, having this guy shoot from the hip, <laughs> having this guy out there with nothing. It's like taking the training wheels off the bike. 
and having him respond to to journalists. I I'm just going to tell you it wouldn't surprise me if they were asking for questions in advance. It wouldn't surprise me. It, none of none, nothing would surprise me on how they're going to handle this. But half of Americans think that this guy is not fit. Not fit to be president of the United States. 100 days in. Not even in since election day. 100 days in. Four months not into this his term, but since the election. It's as though, how? How does this happen? Right? How do we get to the point to where the guy hasn't done really anything yet? I mean, they've they've promoted terrible ideas, but he's not been out there in front of people. People haven't seen him. People haven't thought, man, this guy's in bad shape. If they think that now, they thought that on election day. Half of Americans think that he's unfit. Unfit to be president of the United States. They'd be right. I wonder what the other half, what's the other half thinking? What are they seeing from this guy that makes them think, man, this is the model. This is a model for being president of the United States. Quick timeout is in order. Sit tight back here in just a minute. One more quick thing. Epic Times is reporting on this, and this is something I alluded to recently. I just want to – this is out there. Increased child tax credit paves the way for universal basic income. That is accurate. So in this COVID relief bill, which people are going to get who make under – what is it now? 75,000 single, 150,000 married – um, $1,400 per person, even dependent. So a family of four would get $5,600. That's going to be, that's going to be signed or passed today in the house and will be signed by Biden soon. But anyway, in addition to that, you may or may not know this, but there's a $3,000 child credit in this bill. But instead of getting that, you know, calculated into your taxes, whenever you file, you know, in this time of year, say next year, you're actually going to get up to, I don't know if it's been fully determined yet, the way that they calculate these things, but maybe $300 monthly installments from the federal government, getting people used to getting money from them just to survive. Keep that in, in mind. I've got to go SDGC tomorrow. Take care.